You're listening to Apocalypse Overtime. I'm Quentin, and this is the most bestest post-cataclysm radio show, probably the only one also. So before I get started on the actual topics of today's show, I just wanted to mention quick, initially this episode was supposed to have a guest. I did mention that, I think, last week, because last week's episode also had a guest. My friend Luca was on, so thanks again to Luca for being on the show. That was an awesome episode. It's, it's always good to line up guests. I mean, if you guys listened to last week's episode when that was broadcast with Luca, that show was awesome because it's so much easier to talk about stuff when there's another person on the air. And also, I'm only one person out here exploring the, the world right now, so there's a lot of other people who have plenty of other interesting stories about post-cataclysm stuff. Anyway, since I originally had this episode planned for a guest, whenever I do guest episodes, I don't actually make like a ton of notes on stuff to talk about because I like to leave it pretty open to talk about whatever they also want to talk about. So this episode might be a little bit short, but at the same point, there also was a lot of interesting stuff that happened between the last episode and now, so I do also still have quite a few things to talk about even still. Anyway, to get us started off tonight, check out The Golden Basket. I mentioned that last episode with Luca, and I went in there again since then, and, and something that Luca had mentioned and that I was also thinking about was like, you know, th- they're kind of the only restaurant right now here in Durham, and maybe I should try to get a sponsorship. So that was my sponsorship right there. So I went into the Golden Basket at some point this previous week. I don't really remember when, but I went in there and I got to talking to, to some of the workers and like the owner eventually and stuff, and it got mentioned that I was host of, of Apocalypse Overtime, which, again, kind of only radio show in existence, really, right now. And so they offered, it was, it was really straightforward. It wasn't really like a true, consistent sponsorship. They pretty much said, if you mention us next show, we'll give you a free sandwich. So they gave me a free sandwich, and so I mentioned them. But the mention there goes beyond just simply the, the free sandwich that I got, because I also, in talking to the people who worked at the Golden Basket, found out something really interesting about the Golden Basket's chicken. So I don't think I've really mentioned clearly enough yet just how much chicken has been available here post-cataclysm. Like, it's, it's actually kind of strange, because at first, when, when stuff was first starting up, of course, it was a little bit tough to find food and everything, but now as Durham has kind of developed back into a trading post type of area, there's been a lot of food for sale and stuff like that. And I've noticed, though, that of all the the food types, there seems to be this weird abundance of chicken. And that was one of the things that that I think Luca and I talked about last week, about how it was like, it was odd that the Golden Basket had so much chicken all the time. But then I thought about it, and I realized that in general, actually, there's like way more chicken than you would expect regardless in in like an apocalypse. So I, I asked, and it turns out that the Golden Basket, at least, has gotten their chicken from some farmer that, like, in, in, of course, there was, you know, a couple layers of communication here, so the story might have gotten a little jumbled up. But long story short, there's a farmer that's been selling them the chicken and probably been selling multiple other people in Durham the chicken that the story goes that when he woke up post-cataclysm, as is the case with pretty much everybody else, when he woke up, instead of finding something that was missing, like a lot of people have found, he found that his farm was, like, way bigger than he remembered. He's just tons of chickens, tons of crops, all that type of stuff. And, I mean, I haven't actually seen it myself. I, so far as I've heard, the guy is located a little bit further out, so I haven't, like, been able to see it myself. Because in, in Durham itself, in this area that I've kind of wandered around upon, I mean, it's, it's been dusty. It's kind of, 
Luca and I actually last episode kind of were saying that we both thought it was a little bit different, like we were trying to compare Apocalypse ideas, and he thought it kind of looked like Interstellar, I said, kind of like Fallout New Vegas or Resident Evil Extinction. Regardless, I mean, I know that I've seen farms and stuff, but apparently this dude's farm, just like, he woke up and overnight it was just like enormously bigger than he remembered, and apparently tons and tons of chickens. As I mentioned though, the, the thing that's odd about this alongside the fact that there's a ton of chickens in a really, really big farm somewhere, is that this is one of the first oddities of the cataclysm that I've heard about where something was actually, like, added instead of removed. I guess aside from, like, some of the weird animal things that we've seen, like the Sainsbury's bear, because bears didn't exist in England pre-cataclysm, so that's kind of an addition. But this is the first, like, landmass addition, I guess. Because I talked about before, I've mentioned a couple times, how I went to go visit the Metro Center couple weeks ago with with like another expedition and the metro center was just gone so now it's like the opposite with this farm i guess where there's like a ton more stuff so it's just it's it's really strange and it's it's kind of starting to to confuse me to be honest because when when i first woke up and started doing apocalypse overtime and everything when i was talking about the odd things that i was running into none of them seemed particularly strange like they were weird but there wasn't that many of them. But it seems like now every week I'm running into more and more really, really strange events and places and, and just stuff. And it's just so weird. There was the stuff originally with just the, the slither squirrels or the, the squakes and leg snakes. And then there was the Sainsbury's bear. And I mean, all of that stuff was weird, but it kind of made sense because depending on what the cataclysm was, like if there was some sort of mutations or whatever, if it was like some sort of nuke or something like that, or bioweapon or something, if it was an attack, still don't even know what it was. But then it went further than that because then there was the stuff with near the Sainsbury, or well, near the Arneson Center overall the one time I was out there and I went to into like a little bit of a suburban area near there and there was the houses that were destroyed in the same way. And then there was the sleepwalkers in Newcastle. And then there's the missing metro center. And now there's this giant farm that popped out of nowhere. It's, it just, like, there's more and more stuff. And I can't help but wonder, what exactly was the cataclysm? I know that's been a major question throughout all these episodes. But I just, it, it keeps getting stranger and stranger. It doesn't make any sense. Because nothing that I can think of would have caused all of these things. Like, the, the mutations or whatever in some of the animals would have made sense if it was, like I said, some sort of radiation or whatever. And, like, even some of the destruction that I had seen would have made sense, or even the sleepwalkers. But now, I mean, the fact that we've got plots of land that are literally just missing or that are more abundant all of the sudden, it's, it, there's, I don't know what could have cost, like, possibly could have caused that. Anyway, before I, before I get too deep into my own confusion as to what is the world that I'm even living in now, I did want to mention something also that there's some more terminology that's, that's become more common. So all of the strange stuff that's been going on, I'm not the only person to have realized it. And so people have been talking about it. And I found that the, the word oddity is literally like the, the kind of term that is being used for all of the abnormal happenings that have been going on. So, spelled with like a capital O and stuff. So, yeah, if you, have, if you happen to wander across something real strange out there that's probably an oddity, as in like that's, that's the actual terminology now for that. Also, speaking of oddities, I realized something after recording last episode that was an oddity itself of this own show. So, like I've mentioned, my friend Luca was, was on the show last week, 
And it didn't occur to me till afterwards that there's there's something weird going on with at least my memory, but also seemingly other people's memories, where we have very clear memories of stuff that shouldn't really have been possible because it's like it's occurring at times that occurred after the cataclysm happened. So last week, and I think before that, in I, the timeline of all the episodes, you know, it's it's such good radio show episodes, I can't even remember all of the goodness within each one. But anyway, so I've mentioned before the going to Newcastle and like the expeditions to Newcastle, but then I've also mentioned before how I remember going to Newcastle in general like pre-cataclysm. But the weird thing is that there probably wasn't enough time for me to have literally gotten to Newcastle as many times as as I've remembered that I have pre-cataclysm. So it's weird because it's almost in in on one of the memories that I have, I, I could have sworn it was Black Friday, but yet I was already here doing this show like post-cataclysm on Black Friday. Well, not on Black Friday, but during Black Friday, you guys get what I mean. I was I was in this situation. So it's weird because it's like remembering stuff that didn't actually happen, but yet the memories are so clear in that like sometimes they add up with other stuff or coincide with other people's memories of things that like it doesn't doesn't really make sense. But anyway, what I'm getting at here, so Luca and I are obviously friends. Like we know each other. We planned out having the episode and stuff. But the thing is that Luca said that he fell asleep and then woke up post cataclysm. He fell asleep the day that he got to Durham. So the thing that that's odd about that is that that means we we shouldn't have been able to meet because we only met at some of the Purple Radio stuff pre-cataclysm in those those first couple months there in like October or whatever. But if he got to Durham and fell asleep and then woke up post-cataclysm, somehow we know each other even though we wouldn't have actually been able to meet, which that also doesn't make any sense and is also kind of strange. So anyway, that occurred to me between last episode and this episode, so I just wanted to bring it up on this episode. But nonetheless... I actually have some more lighthearted stuff to talk about now, now that I'm done having a crisis over the fact that nothing makes sense anymore. So I found something really interesting. Last week, I keep mentioning last week's episode, but last, last, there was so much stuff that happened in last week's episode that's worth talking about again and referencing back to. But anyway, last week, on last week's episode, Luca had brought his, his scavenger bag and he had all of his various things that he had scavenged in there. Well, not all of them, but a handful of them. One of the things he brought, he brought a copy of Resident Evil Extinction, but it was in Spanish. And this week, I managed to find something else really interesting. So I have my own bag here, as you guys can, like, hear. Like, this is, this is a real item that I actually found. I have it, like, see? It's me tapping on it right now on the case of it. So, have you guys ever heard of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Because I like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air quite a bit. It was a show that I watched a ton when I was younger. It was on Nick at Night back in the U.S., and it seems like a lot of people here that I've, I've mentioned it to seem to know what I'm talking about, so I'm almost certain it was on the air here, and it sounds like it was also relatively popular here. Well, I didn't find the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I found Der Prinz von Bel-Air. Yeah, I found a German copy of Season 5 of, of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but it is in German, and I... I don't know why. I it's like I guess it's not that strange to find stuff that's in other languages here in the UK because we're relatively close to Europe and there's a lot of different languages in Europe. So Spanish, German, French, Dutch, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of different languages over there. But it does feel weird that it's happened twice, like that that 
first Luca found the Spanish copy of Resident Evil Extinction, then now I found Der Prince von Bel-Air, that, that it's happened twice in such a short span of time. But anyway, I, I did actually, since I have like a lot of time to fill on this episode, I wanted to talk in general a little bit about this collection that I found and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air a little bit overall, maybe. So my, my PlayStation and stuff still works. I've said before in like a bunch of episodes, the electricity still is working for most people and everything, which is another oddity. But nonetheless, I, I still have been like watching movies and playing video games and, and all that type of stuff because, I mean, why not? And so I, I did go ahead and watch this, and it's a really interesting DVD, actually, because, so I, I put the DVD into my PlayStation, and I kind of expected for it to be in German, because it's, it's in German all in the packaging, like, I mean, alongside the, the, the title being Der Prinz von Bel-Air, which is kind of interesting, too, that they took out the fresh in the fresh Prince of Bel-Air, because this, this just translates to the Prince of Bel-Air. But anyway, the, the back is also all in German. But then when I put the, the first DVD into my PlayStation, it actually, the menus and stuff were all in English, which was, was, was odd. I, I kind of thought that, like, maybe the episodes themselves would still be in English with, like, subtitles, or that they would be dubbed, or that they would probably have, like, maybe multiple languages, and you could watch it in German or English or with different subtitles or whatever. But yeah, even the menu was in English, which, I mean, that, that's great for me because that's the language that I speak, so it made it really easy to navigate the DVD. But I thought that's kind of weird because if you're selling this over in, you know, Germany or Austria or somewhere else where they speak German, wouldn't that be kind of a pain to, like, open up the menu and it be in English? I, I mean, I, I guess that happens kind of often, though. Like, I know I've seen, there, there's a bunch of stuff from Japan. Like, I've always seen where there's video games from, well, seen. I mean, I haven't seen it in a while because you can't use the internet anymore. But I remember pre-cataclysm seeing online and stuff where there was, like, there would be Japanese video games. And people would, like, import them and, and play them because even though, like, the characters would speak in Japanese or whatever, a bunch of the times all the menus and all the text was still in English. So, kind of odd. But, so I, I did watch uh, not any full episodes. I actually should watch some of this because it's, it's pretty, like, I like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's one of my favorite shows. So I'm really glad to see this. So I watched a little bit of, of the first episode. And it's, it's, it's just such an interesting DVD. So, for one... It does have multiple languages on it. You can watch it in German, of course, because the packaging's in German. But then you also can watch it in English or French. So I was a little bit surprised to see French in there because Eng like German makes sense because it's, it's a German copy. English makes sense because it's an English, well, it's an American English television show. But French I was a little bit surprised about because, I mean, I don't know if like Germany may have a bigger French population. Or maybe, I mean, this might not even be a German copy of it. It could be from actually let me see here where does does this have a specific this says hamburg so yeah this is a german copy because i was gonna say maybe it could be one of those other countries that has like german and french as a language but no this is this is definitely a german copy from like the actual country of germany so anyway though and also the other thing too is that it defaulted to english when i started playing it in the in the playstation which i guess that's maybe not so surprising because my PS3 is, is set to English and stuff, so maybe like system language auto-selected English or whatever. But yeah, and then subtitles, it also had, it had German, English, French, I think Spanish, and a couple of other languages. Let me see here. It, it has a thing, I'm trying to see if it has it on the actual case, if it says the subtitles, but I don't, it looks like it's got, 
well, I can't read German, so I don't actually know what these what these are. It's I mean, for languages, I see uh, German, English, and French. So I guess, well, hang on, I'm trying to figure out how to read German right now. So it's got Untitlen für Horgenschadigt, and it says Deutsch and English, which that's that's German and English. And then it has another thing that just says Untertitlen or Unter Untertitel. Uh, I yeah, German is not my strong suit. And then I'm so one of these is definitely French, and then the other one says. Hollandish, so I'm guessing that's probably Dutch. Although I could have sworn there was more subtitles than just those four on there. But anyway, I watched a little bit of an episode, like I said, and I did watch it in German because even though I could have watched it in English, I thought I've got the German copy, might as well see how they how they dubbed it over in German. And you know, the voices were not like I mean, at first they sound a little bit weird because you're you know I've I've seen the show in English for so long, I'm so used to like how the characters sound, but the voices didn't sound like that odd or distracting it's always a little bit weird when you watch something that has dubbing because it the the characters mouths don't match up with what they're actually saying but i mean it, it wasn't like that obtrusive something kind of interesting that i noticed though for one sometimes the because i left the english subtitles on sometimes what they were saying in german like i don't understand german but y- you know sometimes you can tell even when you don't speak language like that something they're saying doesn't necessarily match up with the subtitles i definitely noticed that a couple times throughout the show but the other interesting thing was there were times there were specific spots where it's like sometimes they wouldn't have a dub so it was like all of a sudden you would hear a character say something in like a different accent like in an american accent and then they would go back to like speaking german so like at the beginning of the first episode this the the first episode of this season uh at least in germany was the one where like i don't remember the exact history of of the fresh prince of bel-air's airing but so far as i remember it either got like canceled or didn't get renewed for for a little while or something and then came back so at the beginning of of the one season will is actually back in philadelphia and then like nbc kidnaps him and so that's actually that's the first episode that's on the first dvd here is that episode and so Will gives kind of his intro monologue where he's talking about being back in Philadelphia. And then one of the NBC, like, kidnappers comes in and, and says, like, hey, Will. And it's funny because they didn't, they didn't dub that over. So it's literally just like, hey, Will, and then all of a sudden German. So it's, it's funny because I, I guess you don't need to translate that. But again, like, the different accents going on. And then also that same episode, Ashley, I didn't watch the full episode, but Ashley, like, gets into music. And it's also kind of funny because whenever she sings in the episode, they left the original audio of her singing. So she's singing in English and it's the American Ashley accent. But then when she talks, it's in German. So it's just, it's funny because it's like, I I know that when it, when it comes to dubbing and stuff, it's not necessarily supposed to make a show sound like it's in another language or whatever, but it is just, it's such a weird thing to find. But I am so happy to have found it. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I think, is, is legitimately one of the best shows ever. And uh, I like if you can manage to find a DVD, or I don't, I don't know if they ever released it on Blu-ray, but a DVD of it somewhere, it is totally worth a watch. I know pre-Cataclysm, they released a complete series, like a complete collection of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on DVD or Blu-ray. I think it was DVD, though. And I actually saw, like, a bunch of those pre-Cataclysm. I saw them back in the U.S., and then I got over here, and I saw them a bunch of places here. So if you happen to manage to find a, a copy of that, definitely worth, worth grabbing, because it is, it is a good show. I mean, it's just, it's so funny, and, like, 
the whole cast are just they they mesh so well together all of the characters in that show and the whole cast and it's it's such a good show and i think it also it also it got that reboot it got that bel air reboot that was kind of not like a gritty reboot but like a more serious reboot of of fresh prince of bel air that came out i don't remember where that was that was like streaming only last time i knew of so it might not even exist anymore now because streaming doesn't exist but i remember actually I hadn't seen it before because I didn't have whatever streaming platform it was on back pre-Cataclysm, but on the flight over here, I actually watched a little bit of an episode, and I saw the the initial, the the beginning there where, in Bel Air, where, where Will meets Jeff, Jazzy Jeff. They kind of changed it up because if I remember right, it was like Jeff was actually like the cab driver or something, whereas in the original show, the cab driver is just some like random dude. Anyway, that's that's enough Fresh Prince of Bel-Air talk for one episode. Speaking of, of weird stuff that I've, I've wandered across, though, I also found another strange thing. I found a bus ticket, which that in itself is not that weird. But the, the weird thing about the bus ticket, I actually found this yesterday. The thing about this bus ticket is that it actually was issued for four yesterday. So... It's it's weird um, that that this exists because the buses aren't running still. I mean, and I don't know if they ever will again. I've I've mentioned before that the roads and stuff have been getting more cleared. There was a ton of cars on the roads at first. There's more cleared areas now, and more people have been fixing vehicles. But it's still there's there's not any buses or anything like that. But this this ticket, like I said, I mean, I have it. You know, another thing, you guys can hear it with me right here in the studio. It's a real thing. It, uh, it was issued for yesterday, and I don't know where it came from. I suppose that maybe somebody found one of the old printers and just was, like, messing around with it and printed one out somehow, but I, yeah, I really don't have any explanation. It's, it's, I mean, it literally, like, I don't know, popped in from another reality or something silly like that, but, yeah, I found that as well. And then the only other major things for me to mention this episode, actually, I guess I did get about a full episode out of, out of the stuff I wanted to talk about today. So first off, the arguably more important information that I've wandered across is that there is finally another town that definitely is in a similar stage of, of redevelopment or rebuilding, uh, I guess, you know, re like it did. You guys get what I mean. Durham is kind of, like, back to not perfect status, but it's back to, like, there's businesses and stuff. There's the Golden Basket. Another town that has, has been in a similar state, although it's it's a little bit behind where we are in terms of rebuilding and stuff. Chesterless Street. I've heard that Chesterless Street is, is back in operation to, like, a functional extent now, which is cool. The thing is, I haven't actually ever been to Chesterless Street. I... Pre-Cataclysm, when I went to Newcastle those couple of times, I went through Chesterless Street on the bus. I saw it. I kind of meant to go there because it looked like an interesting little town, and there was some stuff that I saw, like, out the window that I wanted to check out, but I never got around to it, and now, post-Cataclysm, it's kind of hard to get anywhere unless there's an expedition or whatever going on, so I still haven't been there. It is, like, close enough to walk if I really, really wanted to, I guess. I think it's, like, a two-hour walk, but that's not, like, super crazy. But I have heard that that is back in operation, so that's good and also, like, helpful for for trade between the cities and and that type of thing. But the thing that's related to that, which is arguably not so important because they still haven't done anything yet, but is is a little bit concerning, 
So the authors of the conclusion, I mentioned them a while ago and then didn't have any new info about them for quite a while. They kind of disappeared. But I've heard that over in Chester Street, there was a bunch of pamphlets that popped up from the authors of the conclusion. I think there might have been some pamphlets previously that, that somehow wandered their way into Durham. But I mean, like, this is, is it sounds like the first, like, actual full-on pamphleting scheme. Like, people just have been finding pamphlets from authors of the conclusion over in Chester Street a ton. And so I, I have been trying to find like one of these pamphlets myself, like managed to get my hands on one, but there's not really been a ton of people that have gone between Chester Street and here and even fewer that actually have had them. But if, if they're coming from that direction, I, it kind of makes me wonder if the authors of the conclusion are coming from somewhere up north and then moving south as like they kind of apparently try to build up their base. I'm not totally sure. If you if you happen to miss the episode previously where I talked about them, they're a group that has been mysterious so far. They haven't really made themselves super well-known still, but their thing is that they're claiming pretty much that the world should have ended because there's all the, the weird stuff now. And, and I mean, you know, there's the cataclysm, it's an apocalypse. Their whole thing is pretty much saying that existence in the post-cataclysm world is like a mistake and that the world should have ended and that their goal is to, like, end the world. Now, the thing is, I don't know how easy that will be for them, because it seems like kind of a, a grassroots movement in a post-apocalyptic world where they don't actually seem to have any backing or anything. And also, I don't know, like, there's, there's not really that much you could do now to actually, like, make the world end anymore, because it already has kind of ended. But that's, that's their whole deal, and they're trying to recruit people to their cause, I guess. It doesn't really sound like that many people are interested, but I would like to find one of those pamphlets to, to share it with you guys. Not, not because I, I, like, I don't want the, the authors of the conclusion to end the world or anything, but I think it's important for people to realize that uh, you know, they're there and possibly dangerous in the future. I don't think they're related to the mysterious triangle medics at all. They, I mentioned them last episode that I, I talked about the medical tent and stuff. I haven't heard anything more about the Triangle Medics popping up anywhere. They haven't shown up again in Durham. And I, I, they don't seem to be related at all to the authors of the conclusion. I know there's, there's, there are two very like mysterious groups, but they seem to have different goals and everything, and, and they, they seem to be significantly different. Anyhow, that pretty much brings us to the end of this episode. So... I'm going to keep exploring and keep trying to figure some stuff out. I'm, you know, still working on, on getting some more guests on the show and stuff. A whole bunch of people that I've, I've run into that I'm thinking, like, might want to be on the show. So working on that. And, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what the heck is going on with the cataclysm and everything. I mean, there's, it's like every week, though, I, I end up having more questions raised than answers to give you guys. So hopefully, eventually, we can figure something out. I also... There was the thing Luca mentioned last week, too, that I, I totally forgot to even look into this week, but that I, I should try to look into about the science sites. Because I've, I've said before that, like, I, I really need to spend some more time investigating the actual university itself, but I still haven't actually gotten to that because there's so much other stuff going on. But, I mean, I am, like, every, every episode I say this, but, I mean, I'm in a university building recording a show that is, like, technically a university show still, even though it's after the apocalypse and everything. And so I really need to look into it, and if there really is mysterious going-ons in science site and a giant fence that they put up around it, that's another thing that I need to look at. Although, I don't know what they could be doing there, because 
all of this stuff with like the, the only thing is I can think of. I mean, the Triangle Medics seem totally like they they did not stick around. I'm almost certain of that. I don't know where they went, but I don't think they're still here, like hiding in the science center. And the only other thing I can say, think of is like some sort of experiments with like sleepwalkers maybe but even still that's i don't think that's what it is so i don't know what could be going on up there all all isolated and hidden away in there but anyway i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna head on out so you guys stay safe stay well fed all that stuff stay away from leg snakes and i'll be back here next week make sure to tune in